0: Hello and welcome, everybody. So today is a special episode. We will be discussing the future of real estate. So I don't have a crystal ball, but some 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 phenomena are happening, and um, so maybe I can start us off. Um, sure. So you can see that uh, we are headed towards a more inflationary uh, context, um, which means an uh, increase in interest rates so you know we mentioned this quote by uh, warren buffett you know it's when the tie comes down that you see who was uh, swimming naked so <laughs> it can be um, a, a difficult time for people that are over leveraged so it's very important to be uh, very conservative when you do your underwriting and and factor this factor this in because there are several phenomena happening. there is um, the, the government, is uh, through CMHC, is supporting um, development of um, multifamily. So if you own multifamily that's not very well located, uh, you may be um, confronted with, um, in a few years, confronted with uh, higher vacancies. Um, so you need to factor higher vacancies and then also um, higher mortgage rates in your in your underwriting to make sure that you're you're safe uh and uh but real estate is a good is a good asset class to to invest in since um depending on the location you're investing in um, you will be able to uh, edge against inflation through increase of the rental rates um, so that's one of the benefits of real estate um and also what we may see is uh, investors who can't make the payments anymore with, uh, as I mentioned, the new developments of apartments enabled through CMHC. So there might be some um, some activity there. Uh, I believe that single-family homes will do well uh, because, uh, yeah, there are usually less, less vacancy. And... The, the jury is out there for uh, older multifamilies that is not well located, uh, like, uh, like I mentioned earlier. So these are my, my thoughts on what's, what may be happening in the near future, the few years.
1: Okay, I'm going to throw out the, <clears throat> what's going to happen. This is
0: exactly what's
1: going to happen according to people online. It's Millennium going to be a bubble people. and a crash, and it's coming. <laughs> and I'm going to say that every single year for 20 years until it finally happens, and then I will be the prophecy. Because <laughs> <laughs> they do this. And I was yes. just reading this online. It's like bubble, crash, over, over and over again. And they say they, they love to drive this fear. And they love to drive this fear through the whole thing. Nobody knows nobody knows what's going to, if this is going to happen. Um, but you know, if you say it enough times for enough years and eventually, um, you know, I, I believe there'll probably be, um, at least a, a leveling out of the market. Right? Um, you know, th- this is, you can't keep continuing to appreciate it 20% every year, um, year over year, over year, over year. So it, it's gonna, I think the, it has to come down a little bit that way. Um, I saw, I read an article, um, last week, or is this early this week? And, uh, it was all like, talking about the foreclosure market, right? They're saying, oh, there's so many foreclosures and pr- properties in pre-foreclosure right now, it's gonna be this whole thing. Well, what, what people don't realize about this, it's it, the US, like I'm thinking US real estate, right? So in the US, they stopped foreclosures for two years. No foreclosures were allowed. Americans as a whole get more foreclosures than anywhere else in the world. So they weren't doing any foreclosures for two years. And then all of a sudden they're gonna open up in this this fall, they said, okay, we're gonna allow you to do foreclosures again. So of course the foreclosure numbers, when you say, compared to last year, look how many foreclosures there are. Uh, Duh, (laughs) there was none last year. How can you, it's like, it's astronomical numbers. The bubble is coming. It isn't, at least that's not telltale sign. It just means that legislation has changed and they're allowing foreclosures, right? It, it doesn't mean that there is a crash on the way. It could be, but there's a lot of things going on all the time. I've, you know, I've always felt nervous a little bit about it in the back of my mind for the last like five years. People have been throwing us down that that this is gonna crash, right? Um, but we're still going up. We're still going up every single year. Um, and like I said, I don't know, <laughs> right? But it 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 it's it's crazy. Um, real estate goes in cycles. We've all known this. Um, you know, the people who I saw on some of the Facebook groups, they're like, uh, you know, what? Do you, how are you dealing with the coming recession or the coming bubble that's going to pop? And it was a Canadian group. And they're just like people saying, I've decided I'm not participating. <laughs> I'm not going to be part of oh, the, no. the, I'm, g- I'm only going to go do the up stuff. Um, and I, I think <laughs> they had to, they had to take that stance because that's insane. Um, I think you just, it was like what Ari was saying. You have to be doing this right. Because even if you look at like 2007, 2008 in the States, the people who are in trouble were the ones who are buying properties for above market value as rental properties, expecting things to go, basing things on speculation. Let's just get down to continue to run your numbers right. Buy the properties right create value, make it safe for yourself, make it so that if you're going to lose money, this property has to drop 50% in value, make it make yourself recession proof. Don't rely on the government. Don't rely on other Facebook groups or anything else to tell you that things are going to go perfect. Make your numbers right. Even if you do this all yourself, plan it, Is there enough meat in this deal to partner with somebody? Even if you're not partnering with somebody, make sure you're buying it well enough that someone would, that's how I always look at deals. Is this good enough that someone else would do it? Right. (laughs) And make buy, right, buy it, right. Create value, you know, do value adds to your property, make them more value, buy them at discounts, stop being lazy. And don't just assume that I'm just, everything I buy is going to go up forever. Make the value. Do the work yourself.
2: Well, the, the danger with any uh, investment is that you need it really badly and that you make base your assumptions going into the deal on what you need. So I can tell really quickly, here's my crystal ball stuff. I, I talk about cocktail parties. It's a You know, I don't go to a lot of them. I go to like three a year or five a year. Talk Um, about them enough that I assume you're there every weekend. All the time, all the time. (laughs) I have my tux being cleaned weekly because I need it so often. Um, But that kind of conversation or coffee shops or, you know, standing over the tee box or in the parking lot of a golf tournament for charity, um, those kind of things. People always ask, I know immediately from the question that I get what their response to this question will be. Because it's what they need. So for someone who's already got real estate, they can only think that it's going up. And for someone who hasn't or not enough of it, whatever they need, they want it to go down because they're hoping for a predatory buy. So I have friends that have watched the market go up and turned a very modest, you know, real estate investment, their personal home, into like a multi-million-dollar uh, value, two, three million dollars, which is insanity. Um, it is, it is something of a bubble, or they just got lucky. They're in the right place at the right time at the end of the 20th century, where real estate was finally appraised for what it's actually worth. Um, you're seeing the price of land right now, folks. Today is March 23rd. You're seeing the price of land in Ukraine. It's costing blood. At least 10,000 Russian soldiers, and we're not sure of how many Ukrainian c- citizens and soldiers are dying for that piece of land. Land is never cheap and people that think it's cheap and want it to be cheap are ignoring the fact that we took this land from First Nations. We came here because land was, quote, free. Um, So the real price of land is only going one direction up, in my opinion. And when people make prognostications about which way that's going, it's usually based on what they need. They want it to go down so they can buy more of it or they need it to go up so they can extract money out of it and they need more wealth. Um, so I'm really careful about what I need going into that question. Um, often I need real estate to go down so I can buy more of it in the market that I'm choosing. I wouldn't mind it to stay flat for another 10 years and then go up precipitously and then I'll retire. I mean, it's what I need. Um, so where's it really going? I think, um, Ari's right. It, you know, based on inflationary stuff. We're looking at wage increases. They've raised the bottom of wages uh, from like 13 bucks. Now it's over 15. So they've had almost a 20% increase in, in minimum wages out here in Ontario and British Columbia. We're at 15 and half percent and they're considering even raising it more. We're talking about a floor of more than 15, 16, $17 for minimum wages. That's going to affect, rent, affect rents and the cost of labor. So if you're gonna build something, it's gonna cost more uh, material shortages. Right now, all the steel in the world is going into making bombs and HVAC machines and, uh, you know, um, uh, furnaces. Try to buy a um, uh, furnace right now or a, a HVAC, anything. Uh, the steel is in short supply. So where, what does that mean if you're using steel studs in construction or flashings or window frames or plastic, which comes from oil, which is like, a, what, 110 US a barrel? All these, all these products are made out of you know, raw material somewhere, and right now they're getting in short supply. If you cut Russia out of the global supply chain, where's the oil coming from that's making German plastic? BMWs are going up, Audis are going up, Volkswagens are going up. Any place these car, vehicles are made, everything's going up. Um, so where's real estate gonna go? Up. It, it has to, um, but what will that mean for you? In some markets, real estate's always local. In some markets, it might decline or stay flat. Um, you know, real estate's always kind of a local purchase. Um, I don't know. I I also think if my crystal ball, if I borrow Glenn's crystal ball for a second, we're going to see more uh, government and agency. Um, I wouldn't say the words right words. I'm looking for the right words. It's not interference, but um, interruptions. <laughs> yeah, regulations. They're going to get more involved in the market because they have to. Um, you know, I could get on a soapbox here about uh, housing. I might save that for our uh, next week when we talk about um, housing as a right. Um, But this is one of the few countries in the world where it's completely unregulated housing. Um, And I can imagine where, and what I mean completely unregulated, of course we have standards and fire safety standards and building standards and stuff, but the government is largely absent from the housing market other than ensuring it through CMHC. It's one of their programs. Uh, in other countries, other social democracies, such as Northern Europe, which we're mostly modeled on, not the United States, the government is really involved in the housing market uh, to a degree that you have not seen here, uh, where the talk of rights, and Ari could speak to this because he's lived in Northern Europe, government owns a lot of housing in those countries. In Canada, their uh, the housing the government owns has barbed wire and, and bars on it.
1: Yeah. Prisons. The American uh, government tried to do housing and it was unsuccessful it was that uh, yeah the, the projects what, what is, what's that known for right
2: yeah yeah and it's because they got uh, forces that are opposed there that just don't work together so they're working with you know uh, yeah i could get on a soapbox here this would be really interesting but i'm not i'm not i'm just going to talk where's it going or a crystal ball i i think only up there might be interruptions where it staggers where it flattens and stagnates but the only direction it can go is up we're having inflation even without these world forces that are going on right now, which are remarkably strong. Like these are powerful forces. Uh, greening of the greening of the world, the urgency of climate change, um, currently war, the switch from hydrocarbons to, say, electricity and wind and water renewables is a remarkably powerful uh, wave, and it will change housing you know, to convert our existing infrastructure, which some of them are still using. You know, in some parts of the world, they're still using dung. And coal and wood to heat to natural gas to electricity um, to retrofit all those houses in Northern Europe and most of North America to electric or clean. It's going to cost money. It, the only direction it can go is up and to the right. I think.
1: No, it makes sense, and you yeah. know um, there is a relation between the inflation and the appreciation of housing. Yeah, there as everything gets more expensive. People were talking about buying all this stuff online and I, uh, you know, how it was going to appreciate because of inflation and stuff. And I, I jokingly said I was buying pallets of peanut butter because <laughs> I'm going to sell them for $3,200 uh, 3, a jar in uh, 10 years. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's all this stuff is tied, it's all going up. And I agree. I see that there, there, probably should be some uh, flattening. I can't see that we're going to be getting continue to get this twenty percent every year, um, but it is going to be
2: continue going up. Yeah, I'm just. thinking I think. Work- uh, yeah. Go ahead.
0: Yeah, uh, an important uh, power at play is uh, supply and demand, and uh, you know how much supply, how much inventory do we have, and uh, that's going to be a big. Uh, that's going to make a big difference. And, uh, and it's also, uh, you know, Japan is different from, from Canada, for example, where um, I was reading about this planning commissions, planning commission and development is uh, nationwide. So based on what the country needs, uh, the country will say, you know, okay, this is what we agree, this is what we allow every year and this year to build because this is what we need, this is what is needed. Whereas um in Canada, for example, it's based on each municipality, and you can have some backlash. You know, not in my backyard, for example. You know, from from local um, property owners that may be against your project, and um, so that's another force at play.
2: Yeah, I think Canada and the U.S. have adopted sort of a laissez-faire uh, approach to this by allowing all these disparate bodies to to manage it because they we highly value, choice and discretion and emp- personal empowerment in the individual, right? Japan is a really great example because they've got declining population and they have uh, they're predisposed to this. You can't have a vehicle. that's why these right- hand drive cars are so popular at 20 years old. They take cars right out of commission. You're not allowed to drive them. So export them to somewhere else because you can't drive them anymore. And they're taking housing old housing stock out of this out of the supply and replacing it. That's not done here. You don't have the government come up to you and say, your house is too old. We're taking it out. That just doesn't happen. They just let you live in an old ratty house. We're going to talk about that guy next week who's fixing up old ratty houses in London. Ooh, teaser, spoiler alert. Um, Yeah, but that's an interesting, Yeah, because there's another social democracy, but that's very heavy-handed, that's imposed itself on the market in, in quite a profound way. Um, I'm interested. I want to travel to Northern Europe to places like Finland, Sweden, Denmark, Norway, um, Germany, the Netherlands, and see how they're handling housing. This is is one of my dreams in the next year. I want to see how they're doing housing differently. Um, Because I think that's the direction we're going, Uh, more than the American experiment. I think we're going in the direction that Northern Europe is going. I think our citizenry demands it.
1: But I, I went over to Prague and you go over into Europe and stuff and you, there's, there's, you know, Lords that own all the land <laughs> and uh, you know, everyone is a renter, <laughs> you know, they all are rent. We went to the bar you talk to the locals, they all yep. are renters. No one owns a house. Each building is a multifamily that expands blocks yep. and you know, they go, that's not happening here, but it is. You look, you go to around the universities and they just tear down all the houses and they build these big skyscrapers. Yeah. Right? It, it is happening. It's just a little different.
2: Yeah. So there's lots of experimenting going on. I know uh, the UK in the 80s, all these estates that were built by, you know, built through the early part of the 20th century to house, quote, workers and people returning servicemen returning from war, um, people that were no longer working on farms were moving to, you know, more again to cities. They reprivatized all those estates and made everyone a homeowner again. And now they're short. They're short of housing. Um, places, you know, in my research, I've been looking, this is, you know, for some other work that I'm doing um, 40% of housing in Sweden is state owned municipal and state owned. And that's not 40% isn't their working poor. Cause uh, admittedly, Sweden has very few working poor. It's a very wealthy nation. These are middle-class. These are teachers, doctors, dentists, factory workers, managers that are living in state, Supplied housing or industry supplied housing, and it's nice. It's not some crappy knock-ups that are made just for the quote uh, to house the poor. So they have a different approach to it. Of course, they have much higher taxes, and there's a correlation between taxes and how much the state gets involved. And I think a lot of Canadians are going to feel the sting of higher taxes when the state gets involved in housing. Um, you know, the bottom twenty or twenty-five percent that are are struggling to find adequate, safe, clean, out affordable housing. I, I think in my crystal ball, that's also happening. We're going to see higher taxes. Oh, well, nobody wants to hear that. That's a deal lender there, right? No. There.
0: Yeah, exactly. You don't want to finish the episode on that. <laughs> <laughs> womp,
2: womp, womp. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, but I mean, if that that's in my crystal ball. That's what I see. I don't know.
0: Okay, I'm prepared so- for it thank you everybody for tuning in so thank you everybody for taking a good look through uh, everybody's crystal ball here and uh hope you enjoyed what you saw and uh, thank you for tuning in if you want a topic to be covered feel free to email it to us advanced at gmail.com advanced talk at gmail.com and yeah we will see you all next week
2: Hey, we can't end it on such a downer so next week glenn is giving away a car so an automobile yeah, yeah. <laughs> So if you phone in next week on our phone lines, Glenn will give away a car. (laughs) No.
1: (laughs) That's not true. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.